0: Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So the job numbers are out and they completely shock Wall Street to the upside. We had a blowout number, but I think there's more to it when you scratch beneath the surface. And that's what I'm going to reveal to you right now. Let's start by going over these numbers. Go straight over to CNBC. Check out what we're dealing with here. Job growth totals 253,000 in April. Keep in mind there's non non farm payroll, and we're going to get into why that's important in just a minute. Beating expectations, even as the U.S. economy slows. So key talking points: what we just said. The estimate was 180, and we got 253. Unemployment goes down. <laughs> to 3.4%, the lowest level since 1969. Average hourly earnings rose 0.5% for the month, an increase of 4.4% from a year ago, both higher than expected. I had to point out that's under the rate of inflation. So in nominal terms, up. In real terms, down. What should we focus on? Real terms adjusted for inflation because that's what equals purchasing. And we're going to expand more on that in just a moment, but let's get in. So that's the headline. So the market's freaking out. Oh my gosh, the economy's on fire. The fed's going to raise rates. It's going to continue to raise rates to infinity and beyond. (laughs) But then we get into kind of the nitty gritty here and let's, okay. So we got these charts. That's good. But what I really want to focus on, uh, let's go over this quote here first from Steve Rick, chief economist, at kuna mutual fund it is encouraging to see a strong jobs report amid recession concerns instability in the banking sector and ongoing layoffs right, but you'd think they'd sit there for a moment and and pause and say well wait a minute maybe this doesn't make any sense at all especially and we're going to get into the breakdown of the jobs numbers in just a moment now they're talking about how the economy slowed down to 1.1. We know that that GDP, so that's what they're talking about. But they didn't go over the revisions. That's what's most important here. So as I'm trying to find it here, hopefully they didn't omit that because it was in this article just uh, about an hour ago. But the massive revisions to the last few months, that's what really caught my eye. So non-farm payroll, 253. Okay, we got that. Unemployment average. Okay, we got that. We're talking about how the Fed's raising rates. Okay, we got that. Wow, this is crazy. Oh, here we go. I was going to say, man, I thought they omitted it from the article. And I'm like, that's a little suspicious here because that gets into the next thing that we're going to touch on. And this is a a tweet that I just retweeted that to me might imply they're lying. That's flat out lying about the numbers. But let's get into this. So April's upside surprise was offset by sharp downward revisions. And when they say downward revisions, they ain't lying. March count was slashed to 165, down 71,000. <laughs> 71,000. Think about that in in terms of percentage. While February fell to 248, a reduction of 78,000. So basically, what they're doing every month is they're coming out with this blowout number. That's shocking Wall Street. They're saying, oh my gosh, look at how tight the labor market is. Oh my gosh, look at how great the economy is. We're not going to have a hard landing. We're not going to have a soft landing. It's no landing. This is amazing. Look at how resilient the consumer is. Uh, but last month, we're going to go ahead and revise that down by 100,000 jobs. But don't pay any attention to that. <laughs> so, what I'd want to put on the tinfoil hat here, but let's put on the common sense hat for a moment. It really seems like they're overstating the number. And who puts out the non-farm payroll, by the way? Ah, that would be the BLS. And the BLS is part of government. There you go. So I'm not saying this is what's happening. I'm saying this is very suspicious that every single month they're coming up with this blowout number that is all Wall Street pays attention to. It's all the average Joe pays attention to. It's all the mainstream media pays attention to. And then kind of they're whispering after they give you that headline number that, oh, by the way, the last few months, the data has been completely wrong. And all those numbers that you still think were blowout numbers actually were less than expectations in reality. So now let's get over to this tweet that I just uh, retweeted. I did this just to remind myself here. So this is a chart that uh, Brent Donnelly put out and it's at Donnelly underscore Brent. If you want to follow him, I want to give him credit here for this chart. He says, maybe demand driven models of payroll estimations are not useful in a labor shortage. Brent, I think you're giving the government the benefit of the doubt, my friend. And I do the exact opposite. <laughs> Sorry about that. But whenever they come out with something, I immediately assume the government is lying. And nine times out of 10, I'm right, (laughs) unfortunately. So he's saying that maybe their models are wrong. And then I say, or they're just lying about the numbers. And then kind of uh, sarcastically, I say, nah, the government would never lie. But look at this chart. This is, look at this. So number of consecutive months non-farm payroll beat or missed in a row. So the black would be the the beats, obviously, in a row. And the reds would be the misses. Okay, so look at this. For the last 13 months, 13 months in a row, if I'm reading this chart right, non-farm payroll has beat to the upside. 13 months in a row. Look at how much (laughs) I've been using the word outlier a lot. Look at how much of an outlier this is. I mean, (laughs) this chart goes back to 1997. And the most that we had going all the way back to 1997 (laughs) was five months. And now it's up to 13. Come on now. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. (laughs) And let's remember that every single month, they're coming out and the numbers are beating. They're revising the month prior to where it was lower than expectations. So this is the headline number. It's this black line. But if you actually look at the revised numbers, they would it would be a red line in the exact opposite direction. It would be a mirror image of this, meaning that the headline number always beats, but the revised number always misses. And they've been doing it for 13 months in a row. Th- this doesn't make anyone <laughs> suspicious here. Come on. Come on. All right. But that's not all. Oh, but wait. There is more. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got to laugh. I mean, you can either laugh or cry. But we're definitely going to be following this like a hawk because this is the first time it's been on my radar. And so, Josh, take a note. We definitely have to follow these non-farm payroll versus the revisions in the months to come. Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Got a quick question for you. Are you someone that realizes we are headed straight for an economic recession, maybe even worse? Do you also realize that the government is trying to restrict your freedom, liberty, and privacy on a daily basis. We've all heard in the news lately about central bank digital currencies, and it's not a matter of if we get them, it's simply a matter of when. But although you know we're facing all of these problems, you don't know what to do about it. How do you protect your wealth or grow your wealth when we're dealing with a very volatile economic environment? Or, how do you maintain or increase your freedom and privacy when we have this woke Orwellian government that's trying to micromanage your life? Well, fortunately, got some good news for you. I have set up an event that is focused on helping you, the rebel capitalist, find solutions to these problems. It's all set up to help you build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control central banks and big governments. That event. Rebel Capitalist Live. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's in Orlando, May twelfth to the fourteenth. We're going to have speakers like Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, Robert Barnes, just to name a few. So, to get more information on how you can attend this incredible event that's going to give you actionable intel that will help you prepare for the rest of twenty twenty three and beyond, go to Rebel Capitalist Live. And I will see you in Orlando. Let's get over to the ADP number because Zero Hedge pointed out that if you calculate the revisions, that the ADP number has been far more accurate. And it is true that the ADP number even had a, a blowout. 296, for heaven's sakes. But let's get into the nitty gritty. Let, let's get into the numbers here in the detail. And first, by the way, bravo to ADP. These are some really helpful statistics. But so small businesses, one to 19 employees, the gain was 14,000. Uh, let's see, mid size, and then we've got 107,000, 20 to 49. And then we got 95,050 to 249. And then large, we only have 47,000. So what does that tell you? First of all, the majority, of the growth in jobs is from businesses that have 20 employees to 249 employees wonder, uh, bars and restaurants would definitely fall into that category. Let's keep going. So we see changes by industry goods, 52,000 construction, 53,000, like that might be coming to an end very soon, manufacturing down 38,000 services trade transportation information financial activities down 28,000 so now we're basically at a wash here so far as as services now we might even be close to it yeah now we're at a negative number when you include professional and business services so high paying jobs then we get into education health services but here we go leisure and hospitality hotels Bars, restaurants, movie theaters, bowling alleys, cafes, etc. 153, by far the vast majority of job growth. Okay, well, now that we've established that, let's think this through. Let's go over to another article from CNBC. And this was from February of this year. Title, Federal student loan payment could restart in roughly two months or six months. (laughs) And basically the punchline here is that federal student loan payments could resume as early as May. You guessed it. Not April. No, 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 Not March. As early as May this month. And if you guys have been watching my videos, you know that the average student loan payment is right around $400, $400 a month. That's a lot of eating out. That's a lot of bowling alleys. That's a lot of movie theaters. That's a lot of happy hours at the bar. Now let's move on to another statistic. Let's go over to the Atlanta Fed. Now let's look at wage growth by age. And the green line represents ages 16 to 24. You notice anything different about that line? Their wages have skyrocketed even now year over year March or as of March, 2023 up almost 12% year over year, ages 16 to 24. And then in second place is ages 25 to 54. So again, a lower aged demographic. So let's kind of take all these data points, put the pieces of the puzzle together. So you've got young people who the vast majority of them are, are living at home. It, it, it's not like when we were growing up. And I know it's hard to kind of get your head around. It is for me. Because when I was growing up, you were out of the house by 18. Like, just no questions. There, there was no ands, ifs, or buts. You're gone. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're poor. You got money. It doesn't matter if you're going to be out on the street. doesn't matter if you're going to be homeless. It just, yeah. You know, here's a quarter call. Somebody gives a shit. That's what, excuse my language, but that's the line that we used to use back then when I was young. And for those of you who don't know, Josh, you probably don't even know this, but they used to have something called a payphone, where, uh, in order to make a call, you'd actually have to put in a quarter and then you'd be able to, to make a local phone call. So that's why we get the, here's, you know, we'd always do this. Like you're flicking him in a quarter. (laughs) Here's a quarter call somebody who gives a shit. And, uh, but that's the way it was when I was young. And as we know now, it's just not that way. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying that the young people, we had a better economy. That's debatable, right? But it it is what it is. So these young people that have seen their income skyrocket, most likely don't feel the impact of shelter costs going up, energy costs, food costs, all these things. Why? Because they're living at home. They don't really have those, right? So for most people, their purchasing power is a lot less than it was in 2019, because their wages have only gone up by let's say, uh, let's call it four or five percent per year. But that has been under the rate of inflation, and that is far from true. When you look at this, the the younger demographic, their wages have vastly exceeded their uh, increase in expenses. And in fact, I would argue their expenses have gone down dramatically. Why? They're not paying their student loan. So think about that. Normally you've got a $400 a month student loan that, and that's pretty much your only expense other than Ubers, <laughs> right? Or, and then your only other expense is doing what? Going to the bar, eating at restaurants, going to the bowling alley, going to the movie theater, doing all these things. And I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. I'm just pointing out it is what it is here, Right. So your only expense is basically, other than disposable income, is your student loan payment, and boof, that's gone. You don't have to worry about that. So should we expect anything less than for hospitality and leisure to be booming right now? In my opinion, the answer is no. But does that mean the economy is on fire? Absolutely not. Because think about, let's just assume for a moment you say, well, George Biden's going to forgive all student loan debt. Probably. But what does that mean? That means that these employment numbers, the unemployment rate, is going to continue to remain low. That means that inflation is going to continue to run, run hot until the Fed keeps raising and, raising and raising and raising and raising and raising higher than they otherwise would to the point where they break something that's Causes the unemployment rate to go up. Now, you may say, George, well, they probably already broke something. Good point. Good point. Maybe they have. But if the Fed continues to see job numbers like this, especially when you consider that Jerome Powell, in the back of his mind, wants to be Paul Volcker, does not want to be Arthur Burns. This would, it, and if these numbers are being, let's say, skewed because of this dynamic that we're talking about with student loan debt and young people right now, if that number is being skewed, then Jerome Powell might do another 25 basis point, another 50 basis points, maybe in a couple meetings, right? Where otherwise he would have paused. And that is, in, in my opinion, would be an even bigger death blow to the economy to the point where let's say this really blows up more regional banks or that becomes a systemic issue within the economy. Then what happens is the unemployment rate starts to go up. And we see all of this work in reverse, even if they continue to forgive the student loan debt, because once that unemployment rate starts to go up, especially if you still have even four or 5% inflation, then real wages really go down because then you've got nominal wages that are going down, if not flat, maybe flat to down, but then you've still got that four or 5% inflation. And that's when you see the purchasing power really get squeezed. Right. So I think this number one, I think the explanation could be that they're just flat out lying about the numbers. And I think if you just use common sense and look at a chart like this, <laughs> that would lead you to that conclusion. It, no certainties, only probabilities. But I think this chart definitely increases the probability. They're just flat out lying about the numbers. But even if they are are lying about the numbers, when you look at ADP, I think this further explains why the job market is uh, so much better than it otherwise would be, even considering the revisions, because it's all about leisure and hospitality. And leisure and hospitality is all about young people not having the expenses they had in 2019 and their wages going up by a lot. But unfortunately... That's unsustainable because the reason their wages went up is because there's a lot of demand. Well, the demand came from stimmy checks. The demand came from no more, uh, student loan payment. You say, well, George, that can continue into the future. Well, maybe, but not if we have a big recession that's caused by the fed hiking interest rates even higher than they otherwise would because these numbers at surface level look quote unquote good. So this is absolutely fascinating. But this is, I think, kind of the, the nuance that's missed when you just look at CNBC and see that the headline number was expected to be 180, and now all of a sudden it's 250, and then all the average Joes, all the normies out there, and the politicians, and even the Fed come out and say, "Up, oh, see, told you so. The economy is doing great. The economy is booming. We haven't had this type of unemployment rate since 1969. It went from 3.5 down to 3.4. So then the Fed raises rates even more than they otherwise would, which just makes that economic right hook from Mike Tyson even more powerful. (laughs) That's the bottom line. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. And I'll see you on the next video.